Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. A Sunday smash. There's the man, Irish Chafel. I'm Jeff, and I'm cheersing you. I got a nice Lafroig here, Ira. You would love oh, my, this, buddy. My favorite. Yeah. Love the Lafroig. <laughs> I'm going uh I'm going with the uh, domestic Coors Light. All right, well, there you go. I'm gonna have a sip of Lafroig. Mm. But I'll tell you what. It's a big. Was it a big win, Jeff? It was a big was it a win. Big, it was a big win. I only, I only big wins bring out the Don Julio. Oh, buddy, there it not, is. Not the Dos Artes. <laughs> we're not. We're not going the Dos Artes, but we do have the Don Julio. So I, I might, might check out a little Don Julio here as the show goes on. All right, I'll tell you what. I do have the Dos Artes still here, and um, and you I've do. had half. Uh, yeah, I've had half that bottle. Um, but I only break that out for the really big wins. Yeah. So had to go tonight with a really nice, simple Lafroy Caderas. It's a, it's a like 15 years. So it's, it's, it's good. It's, I've got better stuff in there. We'll save that for when the Knolls go to five and zero. <laughs> when the Knolls go to Sounds five and zero, we'll start breaking out the good stuff. Cause you know, you got to imagine Ira when they're five and zero. We're starting to talk about national championships and stuff like that. It gets silly at that point. So, you know, then you break it all out. <laughs> that was, a, you know, man, I wish, I, I want to say, I wish every FSU fan could have been there. Yeah. Because, yeah, cool. but the, but it also kind of felt like they all were there because, um, you know, what a cool trip. You know, that really was, um, you know, just a really cool trip for all the fans that showed up and that, you know, took over Bourbon Street. And we kind of knew that was going to happen because the LSU fans live there. So they didn't need to come into town for three or four days like the FSU fans did. Uh, mm-hmm. But everywhere you went, whether it was the uh, – you and I went separately. We both went to the World War II Museum but and, and tons of Knowles there. Every restaurant you went into, every bar you went into, uh, everywhere you turned, so many Knowles. And, and, and then for them to be rewarded with that game, um, it was just awesome. It was a great, great week, great – three or four or five days however long you were there tremendous trip i'm glad we all got back safely and uh it is a trek i mean we're a little worn down today but for good reasons and uh i saw where mike norvell no practice tomorrow so i think he's going to give the guys a little reward and let them heal up some you get the benefit now of that bye week coming up ira that's huge and um i saw where fabian levitt said he was good tweeted it out so that was important um you know i i'm gonna tell you i it's such it's a perfect game for a lot of reasons because you can see all the good that's there, all the potential that's there, all the moments where you're like, oh, there that is. Okay, feel good about that. And there's also a ton of mistakes, a lot of points left out on the field and opportunities to blow that game wide open. You know, I think they basically LSU is about to quit until you get the personal foul, even if it's ticky tacky, because they're going to go three and out there, Ira. They're in real trouble. And I think it's about to be a blowout. But Florida State's still trying to figure out how to win games. Florida State's still trying to figure out how to put people away. Mike Norvell's got to mature as a coach. There's just a lot of things that they can go back to the drawing board on, but it's always easier to do that after an effing win, man. Yeah, after yeah, no question. Win, you know, and 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 the one of the things you know, I I write a little bit about that in my three two one column, which isn't not up on the site yet, but we'll be up uh, either soon or maybe in the morning. We'll see. We're kind of spacing out our content um, because there's no practice tomorrow, but. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I think the the one thing I would encourage people to think about when you think about Mike Norvell as a head coach, and it's something you and I have talked about, is, you know, the guy's 40 years old, and this is his first Power 5 job uh, as a head coach, and he, and he was a head coach at Memphis, where you can make mistakes at Memphis, especially in a lot of the games where they had so much more talent, were, were such a better program than a lot of the teams they played against, that they weren't under the magnifying glass. And I think as he matures as a coach, you'll see him make less and less mistakes. And the point I would make is, you know, again, Jimbo Fisher, those first three years, 10, 11, and 12 before the 13 season, he made plenty of mistakes. And we criticized him for all of those mistakes. Sure. Just like Bobby Bowden was a different era. But if you go back and look at a lot of those losses before they finally won a national title, he made a lot of mistakes too, because you know what? Coaches make mistakes, especially younger coaches. So I just, I have a lot of confidence that Mike Norvell from what we've seen is going to get better and better and better as a head coach. And I think the fact that you do also need, while it's fine to point out some of the mistakes, it's also important to really respect what he's done for this program in three years. Cause he has completely changed this program, the way they compete, the way they go about their business. It's a completely different program than it was three years ago. And you got to remember that part too. I think that's fair. It's it's always trying to create and find the balance. There are fair criticisms, and you're not a hater if you bring them up. And you're also right to point out the many things that are in the positive ledger for Florida State now that Mike Norvell has flipped culture. You know what's interesting, Ira? I brought this up today. We did a miniature version of the Jeff Cameron Show while driving a podcast to get something up because we were just kind of having a conversation. I said, you know what? Let's just record this because – you know, I think a lot of people are talking amongst each other right now as Florida State fans, and uh, everybody wants to share their thoughts. And I see you, uh, Z-Chan. I'll get to you in just a moment. Uh, but but I do I, – I think what's interesting is watching LSU, Ira, that is a program that is a coach that comes in and is having to do something similar to what Mike Norvell had to do, right? When you come in, um, you, you see immediately – that the locker room is toxic, that there's a lot of individualism. There are a lot of guys that are looking out for themselves. It showed on the field. It showed, They were in disarray a lot of times. You could see they didn't quite know what they were. There wasn't a lot of trust there. Now, Florida State made a mistake of giving them a pulse there late by making mistakes. But the point is, I mean, when you got receivers after that game, removing LSU references from their Twitter and Instagram, you know, this reminds me of the kind of – I guess, brokenness that we saw here when Mike Norvell took over. And you've got to find a way to live with the veteran players that maybe aren't bought into you because they're only going to be there for one more year, you know, and they're pissed off that things have gone south for them after Ed O turned this thing the wrong direction after so much success just a few years ago. And then you got the new guys that are maybe buying in to the, to the new coach, and it's just disjointed. And I thought LSU looked like that team that we were a few years ago. Uh, so it's important that Florida State not lose that game. And they nearly did. It's enough to give you a heart attack, but it's a big win. Now you got to go see if after this bye we can go on the road. And who knows the kind of dysfunction that's going to be going on at Louisville, Ira. I mean, that's a crazy game for them to get housed like that. I got to imagine Satterfield is under a lot of pressure. That may be a weird environment too. Well, and they got another, they got to play UCF first yeah. um, down in Orlando. So that could be a challenge. Z-Chan, thanks, man. It was great meeting you too. Z-Chan, Zach was one of the, uh, yeah. Folks that came out to the meet and greet that we had in New Orleans on Saturday on Saturday afternoon, which was awesome. We didn't we didn't know how many people were going to be there. We 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 kind of worked with a, a local establishment, and uh, I think we overwhelmed them. We probably needed a place two or three times the size because man, we had a ton of fans there, and I had a bunch of friends text me, "Hey, tried to get in, couldn't get in. We'll see you later." Um, but the people who did, and and, and Z Chan was one of them. Was yeah. great, great to meet him. He asked if we think FSU will be ranked after that performance yesterday, and also was the ceiling on wins and losses. Uh, I don't, I don't think either of us expect him to be ranked, but the the ceiling for wins and losses is a good topic, and it's something that I also write about in my three, two, one. So that topic is uh, one that allows us to issue the reminder: you just don't want to extrapolate or take too much away, good or bad, from one game. You, you, you got to be careful because lest we forget Florida state took Notre Dame to overtime last year. And we all left that stadium feeling better about where the program was headed, where they were probably going to end up. And they turned right around and lost to Jacksonville state and started zero and four. 
So I'm not telling you that's going to happen, that Florida State gets a win and then all of a sudden falls apart. I am saying that one game doesn't tell you everything you need to know, that there are some things you can get excited about. I would suggest getting excited about Jordan Travis uh, and, and stay excited about Jordan Travis because he is slowly making me a convert. He has shown great growth. He has shown great poise. I thought LSU threw a ton of stuff at him last night, Ira. Went back and watched a lot of stuff this morning before we left. Man, he handled all of it with poise. He had a real good sense. There's no doubt he's got a greater handle on the depth of this playbook, right? We're learning and seeing so much more from him now. They're not as limited as they were, and that's because they trust the quarterback. So if you trust the quarterback, then a lot of things can go well moving forward. And I think that's the takeaway for me is that, hey, look, there's still a long way to go for some guys. We need the receivers to be more consistent catching the football. We need to see more development from the offensive line. There are a lot of things we can point to on that defense, especially in the secondary that concern me. But you, I think you got unequivocal belief in your uh, quarterback right now. And right on that, on that point, though, you know, when you say that, yeah, they have ways to get better. That's to me what's so exciting. I think about this team is I didn't. The backs did not play particularly well. I don't think they. I don't think they saw um, some openings that were there, some op- opportunities that were there. I think they, the backs made some bad reads. I also think, uh, as you said, I think those receivers are going to win more of those contested catches. We've seen them do it in practice. Um, they did not do it in that game. Um, and I think that the secondary. I, I really feel like the the change in mindset playing playing to preserve a two touchdown lead late in the fourth quarter is something this team has not had to do a whole lot against any team of significance. And I think they had a hard time kind of uh, getting a feel for what they were supposed to be doing. But if you look at the first three and a half quarters, that defense played really well. And so now that's not a great offense. I think, you know, to your point, you know, Mike Norvell now knows what his team is. And, And so to the point you made about where Brian Kelly is with his team, it's not just the culture stuff. Like Mike Norvell knows what guys can do. He knows what to ask of them. He knows what positions to put them in. Brian Kelly clearly does not know his team yet. It's understandable. This was their first game. This was why it was such a great spot for FSU. But at halftime, he's like, you look, Jaden Daniels is not playing quarterback. He's just running around. And at the end of the game, he was basically saying the same thing. Now, he did have the two drives late out of desperation when FSU had backed way off. But the reality is, you know, that's probably not what Jaden Daniels looked like in practice. And I think a lot over the last year or two for Mike Norvell and these coaches was figuring out what can these guys do? What do they do well? Let's put them in a position to succeed. And I think Norvell and, and their, their staff, I think they did a really good job of – that was a team that was completely prepared, completely dialed in. And, and as you said, even when different things got thrown at them, Florida State looked like the well-coached, competent football team that we have not seen around here, man, in a long freaking time. With room to grow for both guys, that's right. you're right. It's it's great because we can acknowledge both, right? There are long stretches where the defense plays well. I am concerned. I'll be very interested to see. You know, Ira, one negative, and I'm not harping on it, but, man, I, I don't know what's going on with Duke Cooper. Um, he didn't play well last night. He didn't play well in fall camp. He doesn't look like the same guy that finished the year last year. The last four games last year, he looked like a, a, a rising star. And if you look at, I know PFF isn't everything, but he got torched there too. Um, I don't know if there's a, 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 you know, I don't want to say it's an injury because he played. So obviously he's not hurt. Maybe a confidence thing. I don't know. He's not as far along as I thought he'd be right now after the way he ended last year. And the only reason I bring that up is Renardo Green was solid, but he's not an elite corner. He can be a solid corner for you. So you worry that some of the more competent quarterbacks at throwing the football are going to take advantage of those situations. So, but they, but you got time because you can get right. better and you can adjust and, and do these kinds of things. Jeremy, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for uh, noting the coverage. And, uh, yeah, let's go indeed. Go Noles, go War Chant, says Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, appreciate you, Jeremy. Always do, brother. Uh, Justin, after seeing us dominate in the trenches last night, I feel good about the rest of the season. Do you see anybody on our remaining schedule as deep and talented in the trenches as LSU? Well, it's interesting. I I think that NC State's defensive line is very good. They had a very close call, near loss to ECU. Nobody in this conference looked very good uh, over the the weekend, um, save for Miami beating up on Bethune. 
Um, but I, I, you know, listen, I, I think Clemson obviously has a very good defense line. We'll see them here in a little bit. Clemson's uh, got the best one you'll see. I think Clemson has the best one you'll see. Uh, we'll see Florida will be good by the end of the year. They've got athletes there, uh, up front. So, you know, you got a little time, got a little time to figure out what everybody is. Um, but, but I would say this is though better at the line of scrimmage. It's better well, on the line of scrimmage. And that's what I was going to say is I just don't feel like and it was it was a com- conversation we had a little bit last week. Um, I know I had had it with Aslan some last week on the uh, I think it was on the War Chant Report. It all runs together, Jeff. But yeah, um, after a while, yeah. In one of one of our shows, you know, one of the things he brought up was yeah, it was during the War Chant Report, and he was saying, you know, after this offensive line isn't that much different than the one a year ago that got dominated up at Clemson where they couldn't do any, they couldn't run plays on offense. And my point was, I think Clemson's defensive line was better than what we were going to see from LSU. And I think Florida state's offensive line is better than what it has been. Now FSU got a couple breaks in this game. Obviously Mason Smith, unfortunately their star defensive tackle goes down with a torn ACL, the first series Mm. Uh, they just announced today. He's out for the season. That's a big loss for them. And it was, you know, unfortunately, but it was a break for Florida State in that game. But I thought overall the offensive line looked like they didn't ever get overwhelmed. I just didn't feel like they ever really got overwhelmed. They gave Jordan a chance. Now the protection broke down, obviously, sometimes. The running lanes were not what they're going to be in some other games. That They still have a lot of talent on the defensive front. But I just feel like they've got guys now who know what they're doing, understand where they've got help. I think Jordan understands how to use the offensive line a little bit better. So I just feel like they'll have a chance to operate against any of these defensive fronts. Does it mean they're going to just blow anybody off the ball? No. But I do feel like they've got an honest shot to compete with just about any of those defensive lines. Clemson may be the exception because I just think they're so uh, ridiculously talented. But I think they'll compete with the other ones. Uh, Jim writes, can we get an hour number two from Corey this week on headlines? No, that won't He's stingy. Happen. He's stingy with the hour number twos. But I think I understand it. I mean, that LSU team was six and six last year. So, you know, we're, we're not, we're not out here just throwing around hour number twos. Um, you, 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 got, you got, you got to earn it. Um, one thing to note for every plus, I always find the negative. For every negative, I'm trying to find the plus. And right now, they're a weird team because they're a lot better than they were, and that's a reason to be excited, and that was a win, and you want to revel in that, and you should, and you get a bye week to do it. Um, but they got to get better in some areas. And, I'm, I'm, Ira, I'm curious. I mean, right tackle, you know, we learned in this game, at least for the time being, Les Harris was not available. I thought Turnentine was average. Um, I think that that could be potentially a problem. They have some options to move guys around. They're still figuring out this five. It really is quite amazing. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do there because I think they, they may have to maneuver a little bit, but I also think they have options. So Timothy Dangerfield coming strong with the, uh, contribution. Appreciate it, buddy. But also a little humble brag about his new 75 inch TV. Said the O-line did a decent job. The game was awesome to watch on my new 75-inch TV. I'm not going to, you know, put you down, Tim, but Cameron's got an 80-something-inch TV. But That's, uh, that's correct. That's how I'm he used, rolls. I'm used got, to having more inches. You got me. Yeah, it's it's nothing so, new to yeah, you. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm ho- so happy for these guys and coaches to finally have something to pay off for their hard work. You know, look, man, I think that one of the cool things about this game, I really think, is to your point that you made at the very beginning – it is kind of like a perfect scenario for Florida State. They got a win that means so much to them, to this coaching staff, to this fan base. There's validation. It's going to help them in recruiting, which I know Michael's going to come on and talk to us about recruiting a little bit later. Um, it, it's so significant for so many reasons, but nobody on that team is going to walk off that field thinking, oh, man, we got this. Like, we, we're on top of the world. I mean, I know, look, a couple of players made comments about we're back and FSU's back and that's the heat of the moment. You're 19, 20 years old. Have some fun. I think the reality is, and it's up to the coaches to make sure they understand, man, you guys haven't done a whole lot. You beat a, an average team from a good conference that has a good name on their logo, um, but it's not, you know, you're not there yet. And certainly if you go lay an egg at Louisville, uh, then you've really lost everything you gained. So I think it's a kind of the best case scenario. But, you know, you'd much rather learn those lessons with a win Correct. than the other way around. Seminole fans certainly showed up last night. They showed up all week long there in the quarter. I want to point out kudos to Florida State fans who traveled. I talked to a lot of LSU fans. Um, 
yesterday uh, around the stadium and before the game. I talked to a bunch of guys. I went out to uh, to a late lunch and ran into some people, and it was kind of fun just kind of getting their perspective on what they think their season's going to be, what they thought Florida State was or was not. You know, I always like to hear about what other people have to say, but to a man and woman that rooted for LSU that I ran into – they were very impressed with Florida State fans showing up the way that we did and uh, kind of owning the quarter. I mean, you couldn't move in the French Quarter without seeing Florida State fans everywhere. Uh, War Chant would just break out at all the bars all the time, everywhere, every bar I went to. Uh, it even broke out in the casino uh, on one of the nights. So, you know, good job. That's I think it speaks to that hunger. You know, I, Florida State fans are desperate to see this team get back to where – Certainly, if you're a Noel, you think we rightly deserve to be uh, amongst the uh, best in the country, certainly amongst the top 25 in a given year. You can't be out here meandering in the woods uh, and, and insignificant. And so, you know, they showed up hoping that there was a real indicator, a real sign uh, that this was a team moving in the right direction. And I think even with all the flaws of the game and some of the problems that you can, it's not even nitpicking that you can point out. I still think that Florida State was the better football team. I think everybody who watched that game knows that the real tragedy would have been had they lost that game, they would have lost to an inferior team. And that's why you kind of held your breath there because uh, I don't like to think about what could have happened had that not worked out. I am stunned, and, and Ira, you and I have talked about it, and Corey and Aslan, we've all brought it up. I really thought after LSU scored, they'd go for two. I can't believe he didn't choose to go for two. You're playing with house money. You're not the better team at that point. Uh, Florida State was reeling. The fact that he chose to kick that extra point is stunning. I imagine, I don't know, I haven't heard, but I imagine the radio in Baton Rouge is um, having an interesting conversation about that choice. Well, no, I'm with you 100%. They definitely should have gone for it. And I think the odds are there's a good chance the way we saw the last last two drives, there's a decent chance Florida State was on the ropes. I mean, they were – Try, it was like uh, when you watch a somebody in a race and they're, they're they've got a big lead and the finish line cannot come fast yeah. enough and it was just like man can we get to the looking at the clock can we just get to the they zeros? had a refrigerator on their back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get there and so I mean you know I, I that would have been the right call especially because they they would have stolen the win they yeah, had they no business being in the game on the flip side if I'm on the radio in New Orleans. I've got more pressing issues, I think. You know, uh, you know, I think they came into this game feeling like Brian Kelly was going to be a quick fix. And I think they're realizing that it's hard to turn something around that quickly, especially when you've had two years of where things were going uh, after their national championship. So I don't know that, um, you know, it's going to be as quick as they think. And I think that they're probably concerned about that. I saw David Lee Simmons chimed in, a former uh, Democrat employee, who's now over there in New Orleans and with the Seminole Club. Yeah, and, and you know, to your point about the the excitement from the fan base that were there, there's a shout-out, David. Um, the the excitement the fans were there, I you know, I was talking to a few FSU fans over by Lafayette Square and uh, the day of the game, early that was like uh, around lunchtime, and they were talking about how excited they were about the fan support. And I said, well, you know, I think it's a perfect timing because FSU hasn't gone to New Orleans in 20 years. Um, it's a season opener. LSU's a little down. So you just see kind of, it all feels like good timing. And they were like, it also speaks to the hope we have, you know, that, that if we didn't believe if FSU fans didn't see some sort of glimmer of hope in Mike Norvell and where this program's going, which probably they saw in the second half of last season, maybe you don't have that turnout. So I don't know that everybody was all in. I think a lot of people were not all in, but I think they still felt like there's a decent chance they could see something good. And it got validated. But without that, I think it was a good point. Without some hope, I don't know if the turnout would have been that good. New Orleans, New Orleans is a cool city. I don't know if it's that cool to go watch your team get drugged. Yeah, yeah. So there was hope. Um, listen, at the end of the day, they had to get that win. I felt like we said earlier in the summer, I looked at the two-game stretch there early, and I thought that was the fulcrum game. It mentioned that I thought, you know, if you could beat LSU – it doesn't mean your season is now definitely going to go the way you want it to and that you're going to win nine or ten games or anything like that. But it would give you a chance to, I think, be certainly buoyed with some confidence that you haven't had in some time. To win, you know, somebody might say, well, listen, that is not a vintage LSU team. It's true. It's true. But I bring this example up all the time, this analogy up all the time. If you're struggling as a hitter in baseball and you face a weak pitcher with an ERA of eight – 
and you happen to tattoo him and go three for five for the night and hit a couple of dongs, it doesn't really matter that it was off a guy who's struggling because the next time you get in the box, you're filled with confidence. You believe you're going to get a hit. And that matters a lot, man. And I think FSU looked like a team that wasn't real sure that they were going to win that game or could win that game. They needed to win that game, and they got it. You could tell how excited they were. It meant the world to them because they've worked very hard. They've had to buy in. They've had to deal with a ton of losses. They've had to go to work, and you need to be rewarded at some point. I mean, you really do. You have to get wins in big moments, especially on a national stage against a name brand, and I know that LSU team isn't great, but I also know they do have athletes, and I know that this was a big primetime game with the nation watching. So for Florida State to get that win, you may have turned some eyes towards recruiting. That certainly helps an awful lot. Would have been a bad look to lose that game. Um, and so, you know, by the way, uh, from there I would tell you, <laughs> thank you, Michael. I got to tell my wife, babe, they can see you in the reflection. No more no more walking around. Put, put some clothes on. <laughs> put some clothes on. My wife likes to walk around naked while we do these shows as motivation. I love that about her. It's still sexy time in the Cameron household after 17 years, but it's probably not great for everybody at home because, you know, it's a private thing there. So I'll tell her to go. Yeah, the so yeah. we've had, look, I, and this is a topic I've had, I've had in mind since that game was obviously the people that were kind of cautiously optimistic about Mike Norvell feel better. Um, the, I was curious about the people who have been very skeptical Gregory Moran, who I'm sure a lot of you guys have have interacted with in our chats when we do these videos, and I've started to wonder sometimes, man, is this guy really an FSU fan, or is he just here to troll and start trouble? Yeah. He posted. I've seen a couple of comments from him since the game, and now he just did again with a an alarmingly large contribution to the cause here. Uh, thanks, Gregory. Really cool. Really appreciate it. But he says, "Congrats on the exciting win. I was wrong in all caps." and underestimated the heart these players have for Coach Norvell. My season prediction has changed several times, and now I'm at 8-4 and four for the season. That's a, that is a turnaround. I, and I don't know what his prediction was before, but most of the comments from Greg well, he had have it, been he had it very skeptical. In, yeah, he had it lopsided in favor of LSU. But I like Gregory. He comes on uh, the JCS and every all the stuff that we do, um, and he's very supportive. And it's okay to have dissenting opinions. There's not a problem with that. Hell, the three of us, you, me, and Corey, argue all the time about stuff. Yes. It's okay. I mean, you know, everybody's going to have and, – and not everything's set in stone. Things change. Guys get better. Some guys fade. Some things work out. Some things don't. You know, I'm still look. hey, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to Adam Fuller still. I'm still not entirely sold. Really? So we'll see. Yeah, I still have some things that I'm worried about. But that's a bigger picture conversation. We're not going right. to spend the night on that. But Gregory Moran, Moran, thank you for being a man. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Thank you so much for that contribution. That is – that's insane. And it's greatly appreciated. And I mean that sincerely. That That is – thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it a lot. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Victory Cigars and Tequila, Go Knowles, Jeff and Ira. What an exciting time in New Orleans. It was, and it was good to see you, Eric. He came out to the event. Um, I saw him several times, and um, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Carol, I, Carol, I want to answer this really quickly. I'm sorry, Ira. And I want to get um, back to Greg, but I'll do it after you talk to, to Carol. And thanks, uh, really, thanks, Eric, a lot. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Carol, I want to answer this. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I, I tweeted it out, and I've talked about it on every show that I've been on. I'm most excited about Jordan Travis. This game, there are a lot of things that we could look to and say, I like this, and I don't like that, and I like this, and I'm a little unsure about this, and there's still some unknowns. But one thing I feel very good about right now is Jordan Travis. It was the composure. It was the confidence. It was the way he stepped up in the pocket and made some big throws in the middle of the field. I mean, damn it, if if Cam McDonald could make a catch, that is one of the that best was, throws of the year. I still I mean, have seen a replay. Did it get clean to him? Yes, you got to catch the ball. Yeah, Man, got that was ball. a beautiful ball. Well, and I'm not trying to be an ass, but Johnny Wilson's got a touchdown. I oh, yeah. catch the ball. Catch yeah. the ball. No, you're right. The receivers so, could have been better for sure. They, well, and this is, I think, going to be a bit of a theme. I'm not picking any one guy out. I think they dropped too many balls in general. Uh, Micah Pittman had a big drop, and you're kind of like, and yet they make plays too. I was going to so say, and think, yeah, but the good of it is no, LSU had to back off last night. I mean, they were playing soft in their coverage because they did have some respect of the threat of, a, of, of, of the passing game. Whereas if you had the same group you had there last year, they wouldn't have shown that respect at all. So, I mean, they, they do bring something good to it, but yeah, they have to be more consistent. Uh, no question. Can I go on to Greg, Greg's uh, comment? Yeah, absolutely. I apologize. Yeah. 
Um, so, and not, not to shortchange Jordan because he was awesome. I, my, the lead of my three, two, one is about Jordan, but, um, the thing he's, what Greg said about the, he didn't under, he didn't know that they would play with that heart for Norvell. And I really think that's key. And, and, and it's hard to write about because you can't back it up with stats and people don't want to hear about it. It's hokey. It's, it's, hokey. Yeah. it's, it sounds nebulous, but I'll tell you what, man, Maurice Smith a week ago, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how many people, I don't know. Maurice Smith thought he was going to play in that game, but a lot of people did not think he was going to play in that football game. Johnny Wilson coming back from his injury, Marion Cooper coming back from his injury, Darius Washington coming back from his injury. And then those guys playing as hard as they played, man, that there is a, there is a buy-in and a togetherness and a belief in that program. And it starts at the top, you know, I mean, and you have to, they're, they're, playing for Mike Norvell, but they're playing for each other as well. And and we talk about culture when it's bad. I mean, this is the reason fans were so excited about that win, even with some of the bad calls and all the different things that happened was because I think you could see that. And I think it's important to talk about it, even though it's hard to quantify. So I think going all the way back to not this past spring game, but the one before it, I know people get tired of me talking about the experience that I had, which I'm always going to be appreciative of. Um, I, I'm telling you, that day meant a lot to me, not because of what I got to experience, because of what I heard from the players talking about their head coach and what I saw at his house for the night before his dinner. And we were all there, and I had a chance. I remember sitting there talking to Andy Staples uh, of The Athletic, and we were watching this play out. And Andrea Adelson was there, too, and she was great. We were all just kind of comparing notes and talking about what we were seeing. Well, one of the things that was universally agreed upon by Non-football staff members, non—you know—just those of us that were there to observe. Uh, Gene Deckeroff was there, and others. It was that they clearly loved that guy, and he gave a speech. And I, I don't think he'd be mad about me bringing this up, but I've brought this up before in passing. Before the end of the evening, after everybody had dinner, they every single member of the team and every member of the coaching staff was at Mike's house, and everybody was hanging out. He has a big pool. Go figure. And everybody was jumping around, having fun in the pool and all that. And Mike got up to speak to his team and to talk about how much gratitude he had for the work that they had put in. And he talked about, I'm glad spring's over. Tomorrow's a chance to showcase what you've learned. We're going to have a great day, everybody. But before I get started, I want you all to know it means the world to me, and I'm paraphrasing, that you guys have bought in, that you've worked as hard as you have, and that you're here at my house tonight. We're going to do this as often as we possibly can. And he got choked up. He got choked up. And the players mobbed him they're like we love you too coach and i watched that man it was it was legit it was touching they clearly believe that he cares deeply about them you know why because i think he does i think he does and i and now listen again on the heels of that you've always got to point out that wins matter most and you've got to win games or all the loving in the world isn't going to change the fact that you're not achieving the goals at hand for the money that you're making. But man, it does mean something, especially in big games, especially in moments where it's on the line that, you know, the guy next to you and the guy next to him are all playing for the same things and they all care deeply about it. And they're all passionate and working hard at that end. And that starts with the culture that you create with your head coach. So it's a big deal. Read Seth's comment, Ira. Sorry. Seth Hausman. uh, Thanks for the contribution, Seth. Appreciate it. Thought the L- linebacker play was much improved. The defense held LSU to 250 yards for that last drive. That drive did happen, though. Correct. I think I think playing prevent was the wrong call. Building blocks seemed to be there. Goal knows. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of playing soft, uh, especially with that much time left. I mean, I felt like there was there was certainly enough time in college football to go down the field a couple times, and so I I, I didn't love it because when Florida State got the ball back before the muff punt, Florida State got the ball back with I think four minutes or so. And they barely ran a, less than a minute off the clock. And it's it's hard if you can't get a first down and you're going to give the ball pretty back pretty quickly to the other team. So I didn't like playing as soft as they did. Um, but the, the flip side of it is, man, if you don't and you give up a quick touchdown, then people lose their mind about that too. So I, um, I'm with you. But, but overall about the defense, though, and I also think part of it is guys need to learn how to play in those situations. Like yes. just because we're having you play deep doesn't mean you let them catch the ball or, or let them make a play. So there's just a, there's, they have to learn that situation. But if, as far as defense overall, yeah, man, I thought Tatum Bethune again, he's the guy we thought he was going to be and we hoped he would be. I mean, he's, he's a different looking linebacker. He had some big time plays. Kalen Deloach had some Deloach huge, was phenomenal huge Ira. plays in that game. 
Yeah, if you go back, I'll I'll tell everybody this. Go back and watch that game again because when you do, Deloach, I I was I you know I sat next to you in the box. I knew he was having a good game. I didn't realize how good a game he was having. He was shot out of a cannon in a lot of situations. So they're better. That group is better at linebacker. We talk about what can we extrapolate from these games and their one game sample sizes, and it's awfully difficult to go over the top with effusive with praise or negativity. But there are certain things you can look at and say that translates, that'll work all year long. I think Jordan Travis has a better idea of what's going on with this offense and is playing more poised and confident, can make throws that he didn't make a year ago. That's a good sign. And I think without question that the linebacking core with one more year of Kalen Deloach having come on at the end of last year and then bringing in Tatum Bethune changes that group quite a bit. Now, again, I would tell you that if any one of the big three, uh, Lundy being the third, if any one of the big three for any reason goes down, you're suddenly pretty thin there. There's not a lot of depth there. So you just, you know, the starters are very good, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm holding my breath because football is a brutal game. On that note, and I want to give one quick shout out because you're talking about the linebackers. So Brendan Gant, and I tweeted about this, Brendan Gant was a four-star defensive back when he signed with Florida State. He was one of their top recruits in his signing class. And in his first couple of years here, he started a lot of football games. He Last year, he kind of fell out of the rotation. This spring, they move him to linebacker. Uh, I don't know if he was thrilled about that or not. I don't know. Right. But he moves to linebacker to kind of give them some depth at linebackers because they're pretty deep at safety. He's the guy on special teams down there on a punt to recover a muffed punt. Wyatt Rector came here as a quarterback. They is a walk-on. They turn him into a tight end. Basically, his main role is on special teams. He takes pride in that, and he's down there to recover him up punt. That's the kind of stuff, man, that 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 it's huge. I mean, and it speaks to what we're talking about, that those guys have that buy-in. That means a lot. Now, other stuff has to get cleaned up. We keep throwing the caveats out there, but that's a great foundation. Uh, that is – because once you get better players, and I think it's, it helps in recruiting, because now when kids come on visits, and and we we you know we're all jaded, we talk about NIL, and it's all about NIL now in recruiting. I don't think it's all about NIL for every single kid, and I think when you see that those relationships between the players and each other and the coaches, and you see the way they play, I mean, you got mm-hmm. LeBron James tweeting about him last night, Drew Brees yeah. tweeting about him last night. That is that is immeasurable in, in terms of how it's going to help them in recruiting. And I, I know we're going to bring Michael on to talk about that, but I, you know, I think that that's something that is is you know just very very uh, tangible that I think could come out of a game like that. I want to point to your professionalism, Ira, going on a recruiting rant just as we're bringing in our recruiting expert. That is well done, at you, we do sir. It. That's a doff of the cap. Real quick before Michael Langston and uh, us, we before we get talking here, Mike, um, I want to answer Timmy's question. You can't advance the muff punt. He asked on the chat why it wasn't a touchdown. You can't yeah, by advance rule. Um, by rule. You can't advance a muff punt. So, and our guy, it, it's funny. We knew it too. He knew it. You know, if you watch him, yeah. he, he picks it up. He knows. Um, but uh, that that's the answer to your question. Michael, what did this do for recruiting last night? Did Florida State get seven five stars to say yes? <laughs> uh, not yet, but um, it was a massive, uh, massive weekend uh, for FSU. Uh you know, you had several guys on there, uh, you know, top players that were there. You obviously hiking Williams. Uh, I think a lot of people have seen his Instagram showing different videos of him being there. Five-star receiver, several FSU commits that you certainly want there to see your product. It's not just about the uncommitted guys. It's the guy that you guys that you were able to convince that, Hey, this is the place and, and believe in our vision is kind of rolls back to what you guys have said going to this game that, you know, it fulfills everything of what the vision that Mike has set out. He he didn't say, hey, we're going to win this many games, but it's like you're going to see a different FSU. And even going before this game without seeing a lot, because I I watched the game last week, and I told told Jeff and and Ira and those guys, like, hey, I I really liked the business-like approach of, of, you know, preparation, organization. So that kind of made you feel good going this game, but you still didn't know because we didn't know anything about LSU except there's a new coach. And, but the one thing I always go back to going into this game was what Hakeem Williams told me, you know, when he visited FSU, someone will showcase, he said, he's like, Mike, I'm telling you, they throw the ball a lot in practice, a lot. And I'm like, what? You know, cause you're thinking FSU, you think of running, but 
Uh, in this game, we kind of saw that coming out party. And my biggest takeaway was, what's Jordan Travis in this game? Like, that dude looked like a different dude that I've ever seen reading the field, seeing the field, making plays, really good with the, the underneath throws to Micah Pittman a lot. I think that set up a lot of stuff that they wanted to do and really just set the tone for what they did. They had some really key third downs, and Jordan was just so good reading the middle of the field. And and uh, I think it's just huge for recruiting because kids are seeing kind of – it's not just – the running back show, as you saw in the first week, it's like these dudes can generally throw the ball and they got playmakers that can get the ball. We saw that with Johnny Wilson. Obviously there's a lot of drops and there's a lot of mistakes, but you saw a passing game. I've said that all year before the start in order for FSU to make the move and move the needle. First off, you got to win a game that's nationally televised like LSU. Secondly, you got to show something with your passing game. Kids want to see that stuff. That's been the, that's been kind of the, uh, the Achilles heel of, of why recruits aren't dramatically drifting to FSUs because of the passing game. You showed that in this game, and then it's just a complete package of finding a way to win. Even though there's a million mistakes in this game, you guys covered them all. I can't. There's no reason for me to go back, but it's like that kind of stuff, the compete level, and uh, I, I've told Ira this, I really feel like this is a team that – they finally have a roster that can compete with any team they play. It doesn't matter. It's not about them. They can win every game. It's about they can compete. This is the first roster they have to compete against the Clemsons, the, the Miamis, the, uh, you know, Flores, all these teams they play, LSU. They have the ability to compete with these guys. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't outclassed. Sorry, Ira. They weren't outclassed physically in any way. So that is uh, very, very positive moving forward. What were you going to say, Ira? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you talk about the passing game, and obviously that's the – kind of the big storyline out of this, but also one of the guys on hand was Cam Davis, um, mm-hmm. who is, you know, maybe one of the top couple of running backs in the country. Uh, last Friday night, I know you had it in the Friday night rewind that people yeah. can find on the site where you have all the stats from all the uh, different players had over 500 yards of offense in their game Friday night. He ran for like two fifty and threw for like two fifty, which is just nuts. Yeah. Um, what, I think people are going to sweat Cam Davis until signing day, right? Yeah. Because because he is in such demand. He lives in Georgia. There's always so much concern about is Kirby, you know, mm-hmm. and the power, the people around Kirby and the people around that program. They're going to make it so he can't say no. Uh, how mm-hmm. do you, how how good do you feel about Cam Davis? I feel good. Um, uh, I think this is a game that, like I said, it's not just about the uncommitted guys. It's about the committed guys of of showing. And he's been your committed. Pro- he's been committed for. Right. Over a year already, right? Yeah, and, and four people ask, no, he's not a quarterback. He plays quarterback because that's he's their best athlete. But, um, no, I think it was big for all the committed guys and, and, and even a lot of uncommitted guys, even guys like Jalen Brown and Shelton Sampson who were there to watch LSU side of it, they saw an FSU that they haven't seen before. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to change their, their perspective of FSU. I think you might see – you know, um, maybe a you know official visit for w- one of those guys or two of those guys or see them visit the campus more. I told Jeff, and I ain't kidding, I told Jeff this before the game. I was like, Jeff, my phone's going to blow up. I was at 9% after that game uh, on my phone because I was constantly talking to kids, interviewing kids in the lobby where I was staying. Yeah, I was seeing transvestites on the streets and Bourbon Street and all that stuff, but I was also just – the, the amount of buzz is there, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to talk like Ira. You know, you have a game in Louisville coming up in two weeks. You have to follow up that, and that's what recruits are looking for, the consistency every week. And I think the Louisville game is just as important because that's ACC, but this is a step forward. This is the big step I've talked to Jeff about. This is the big step that I talked to a lot of people about that – you haven't had a national game where you have people like LeBron James talking about you. Drew Brees, as Ira mentioned, they're all talking about FSU. You're the only game in town. Everyone's talking about it. It's on ESPN. They showed it on SportsCenter like a hundred times of FSU winning. And it's, it, yeah, it's not the same LSU. What It's still a top-notch program with talent, with a lot of talent. Probably more talent than what FSU's roster is when you look at talent for talent. But I think the main thing was kids want to see them win games like this. And now they, this is the first step of doing that. Guys like Cam Cam Davis certainly take notice. And I think uh, 
I think everything's by the Boston College game when they play at home again. That's their next home game. You're going to see a lot of kids, I think, visiting FSU. They just have to keep the consistent model of what we saw, you know, last night. Michael, always a pleasure, brother. Be well. Thanks for the insight. We'll talk to you again real soon, man. You got Thanks, it. man. Take care. We'll see you. It's Michael Langston, our lead recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. You can read his stuff all throughout the week on Warchant.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe, by the way. And uh, listen, there's going to be a ton of content here between now and the Louisville game. You know that. Wake up, Warchant. Uh, tomorrow, we've got Seminole headlines. You're going to drink some Don Julio right now? Don Julio. I'm going to see if it still, go. go. see if it still goes down as smooth. Is as it, it uh, yeah, last is, year? As it has in the past. Hey, hey, by the way, while you're pouring Don Julio, one of the things I like about the smash is that it gets it's a little looser, as evidenced by the fact that Ira's drinking some Don Julio. Uh, and then I've got some Lafroig here and having a good time. Um, I also like that some of the comments get a little loose. This is solid, Travis. Travis writes, Why are they not talking more about Pokey? That dude dragged his balls on guys last night. <laughs> Yeah, Travis, I think that's accurate. I think he did. He, he, that's a that's a fair assessment of his play. That's Pokey the way to, dragging balls on people last you night. You think that's is that what is that what Joe Tessitore described it as? Is that what, <laughs> He's like, guys, it's getting out of control. <laughs> Pokey is out here dragging his balls on these LSU folk. Yeah, that's <laughs> here's to you, Pokey. Oh, that's smooth. Oh boy. Oh, good lord. Holy mackerel. Uh, Whose idea was that? The, the, the guy at the liquor store that sold you on Don Julio. Man, that is turpentine. <laughs> oh, well. Shout oh, out uh, also to uh, Bob Fiore for bringing us some beverages. He brought us some gifts. He brought he me did. a 24-ounce red stripe, which was beautiful. And, uh, man, it was, again, that, that meet and greet. We got to get. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next time we have one of those because uh, that. I, I mean, that was. We probably need was amazing. to have it at the Civic Center, Ira. It uh, was. That was nuts. It was, it was big. It was awesome. <laughs> Don Ira Chappelle. Oh, that's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Oh, Woo! that is so good. That is so good. Um, oh man. Well, listen. So I love that you got that beer chaser to help you out. You'll be oh all man. Right. The Coors Light could not. That's why I went with the Coors Light. I knew I would need something a little, uh, a little clean. You'll be ready of, uh, to fall asleep at halftime of this Clemson Georgia Tech game, buddy. I have a problem. That's 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 what I expect. This is the uh, beginning of the uh, death march for Georgia yeah. Tech's coaching staff. Well, yeah, it is, and it's a brutal schedule. It's also uh, the beginning of me laying my head on a pillow shortly, um, I, because I, I was laughing. You and I walked out of that field with Corey and Aslan. What, two o'clock in the morning, something like that. I mean, by the time we got out of yeah. there, but it felt so rewarding. It felt so rewarding. Now, the one thing I would suggest, just so we can give you a picture if you're at home, man, Ira, I have never in my life in 23 years of doing this stepped into a media room to, to ask questions and to conduct a press conference that was hotter than the one that we stepped into last night in the Superdome. Dude, they spent $5 million on renovations to that place. We can't get an air condition. What are we doing out here? You think that was like the screw Florida State for winning the game? How that about, was kind of like, yeah. Here's, here's my favorite things about that, that night. One was when they announced the trophy, they had their trophy presentation. Look, there's a lot of great things about that event. I thought well, it was my well man mispronounced Mike Norvell's name. He doesn't know how to say Mike Norvell's name. And it's not a hard name. No. It's not it's a hard the, name. It's Mike no. Norvell. It's not hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then, like you said, the post-game press conference was crazy. We have 40 people in a room the size of my office here and no air conditioning. It was ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, man, like, you know, again, like, I feel good for those players, man. Like, th those guys – there's nothing – and you've talked about this before. Man, football practice sucks. It's football, hard. It sucks. Football is a hard sport if you're not good. And this team has not been good for the last couple of years. And so to have moments like that – man, we all know LSU is not a great team. But guess what? Florida State's lost to bad football teams. Oh, yeah, several times. One so, of them was so, Jacksonville State. <laughs> so when you, when you have a game where you dominate them in their home state, and, man, I'm telling you, Florida State dominated that football game. I don't care what the final score was. I don't right. care what happened in the last five minutes. For 55 minutes, Florida State was by far the best football team on that field against a team in the SEC when, in, a, in a weekend where every SEC team won, and we heard about that all day. 
And good for those kids, man. Good for those kids and good for those coaches. I thought my favorite moment, Ira, while we were dying of heat stroke in the uh, post-game broadcast, I mean, uh, media center, um, having survived that interview process, one of the things that I thoroughly enjoyed was seeing the players deflect attention away from themselves every time somebody offered up or posited a question that would have allowed right. them to brag. I mean, even, Sha- even Shaheem the Dream, Shaheem yeah. is listen, Shaheem Brown, and you guys don't realize this yet because he hasn't talked a lot to, to the media, but we're at practice. Shaheem Brown is a chatterbox. He talks to the offense. He talks to, I mean, he is a talker, and he gave all the credit to John Papuchas, and he gave all the credit yeah. to Jared Verse for how he affected their field goal block unit, um, field goal protection unit. And uh, to your point, yeah, man, they all did that. You're right. And that's not – I don't think it's coaching telling them to do that. I think they genuinely – you know, there's a love there for each other. By the way, I, I think Tom noted that the ambiance is getting better here by the minute at the Cameron household. Look at this man, thing, man. It's look almost bedtime. It. You it look is, like you're by the fire. Man, I get a bottle of red wine and a cigar out here. Guys. <laughs> you, got some, you got some brandy? You got, got some cognac? I should wear fur. <laughs> <laughs> We should hey, start. Yeah. On, that, on that, also on that note, man, we got a lot to get to here. We got 10 minutes left. And the other thing that was cool was so, one of the things we haven't talked a lot about because we have a heart and we have children. Rough night for Ryan Fitzgerald. And, uh, you know, when he missed, I think it was when he missed the field goal, Fabian Lovett left where he was on the sideline to go meet Ryan Fitzgerald coming off the field. And was just like, I thought he would might go like punch him, but he walked over to him and he like put his arm around him. It was like trying to, you know, man, just look, man, relax, just play. Just, you know, you, it was very, and like a couple of coaches came over also. And I think they were kind of wondering what, what Fabian was going to tell him, but you could tell he was just like, you know, very encouraging for a defensive tackle to, to go find the kicker who now has kicked the ball out of bounds on two kickoffs, giving them great field position and missed a field goal. I thought that was cool. You know, I mean, I just think it's a it's it's another positive sign for this team. I think it's really cool. I've got nothing nice to say about our kicker. We can keep it moving then. Yeah, I mean, um, come on, man. He's got a family. I, I, I'm not going to go on and on. He's fine, by the way, Joseph, to answer your question. Love, it's okay. Um, no, man, I'm not having it. We come out here in one of the biggest games Florida State's played in a while, and my boy kicks the ball out of bounds. It's not even close. And then he does it again. Come on. Second time was closer. I mean, come on, man! That cannot happen. I, I don't. I don't know what they're going. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, I don't well, know what they got to tell them to stop kicking the damn ball out of bounds. For one thing, that's not hard, guys. You're a Division One kicker. Stop the nonsense. That's my Del, crazy. My Del B is coming strong with. He's got a family. He's got a family. <laughs> you're you're good at accents, man. Give us the uh, give us the Brian no, Kelly Southern accent. Well, what's weird about about him about Kelly's efforts to be Southern when he said the whole thing with family, he got caught in between. He didn't commit to it. It's like you could tell he's trying to be Southern, but he's not being Southern. He didn't go into character. He he was just like, I'm here with my family, and I think and I'm, I'm like, you got to go all in. I thought. Yeah. It's so good to be here with the fine folks of Baton Rouge. You got to come in strong with it, but he wouldn't do it. I wanted him at halftime to be, well, when they came out with that flea flicker, <laughs> I, our boys were just bum-fuzzled. I, I couldn't believe they busted out the flea flicker so early in the year. Yeah, that would have been, been ideal. But, yeah, I don't think my boys were ready for a flea flicker. out in this second half, I assure you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, man. And listen, uh, there's a lot of accounts that, you know, Coach Kelly may not be a great guy. So I'm not I'm not feeling bad for him. And uh, we'll take some cheap shots. I think uh, I finally had to turn on the lights, guys. I don't I don't like having to turn on the lights here um, with the camera, but I, I was getting too dark. Um, but do you guys want to go back? You want me to go back here? I thought wait, we wait, were <laughs> the fireside chat. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, you're as we went to the World War II Museum and we, we learned about the yeah. fireside chats. We Jeff's good. You know what? You know what? That's what you should do when times are tough. You should yeah, have been fire- doing that the last few years. You should have been doing some fireside chats for FSU fans. Mm. S- sipping your sipping your cognac. 
Yeah, yeah. And, I, and your fur, your fur. I like it. I like it. By the way, a tradition has been born tonight. From here on out, once a game, I need our fans in the stands to yell, bring out the flea flicker. <laughs> Can we please run the flea flicker? Somebody call the flea Coach, flicker. Coach Novell. <laughs> Coach Novell. Can you call up that flea flicker? Hey, so I'm going to ask Norvell in a press conference. He's not going to know about this show tonight. I'll be like, <laughs> Coach, I was just wondering when, if maybe we'll see it at all. Again, <laughs> will you pull out the flea flicker and when then see you, where he goes? <laughs> when do you suppose, when do you surmise we might see the flea flicker again, Yeah, Coach Norvell? It's been two games, sir, and I can't help but wonder when our fans are going to be treated by the flea <laughs> Anyway, somebody asked earlier about, have we? do we have a sign that that play was going to come? Yeah, man, we're at practice. We see they run a bunch of different trick plays. That is definitely one they run. And, man, he dialed it up perfectly. And I, oh, yeah. How do you, you know, I, man, you know a lot more about football. Hey, by the way, Ira, Ira. Oddly, that was his worst throw of the night. It was. He, he, he was wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, – I, I do it, declare it's good. There you go. We get the, the full fog, foghorn leg going. Yeah, I do declare. That um, was a free flicker. I, I will tell you that if your worst throw of the night's a touchdown, all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing well, and Pokey – and Corey just wrote about Pokey. You can read about it at warchant.com. Yes, you Jeff, can. For how much? Yeah. If they're not a subscriber yet, how much it's I got to pay? It's a buck. It's he, a uh, buck. There it is. Corey so, wrote. Corey wrote about a uh, pokey. How about my man Pokey Wilson? We probably need to. Maybe we can wrap up here with Pokey Wilson. I the just guy, got done talking about him dragging balls. I mean, we oh, just, that was you for did. Pokey. You did. You did. You sure did. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that was enough said. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like taking a shot to Pokey. Well. Pokey, yeah, cheers. Uh, let's see some Don Julio. We've got three minutes left in the show. Let's get one more Don Julio know. in there. It's probably a bad you're idea. Safely at, hey, listen, you're safely at home. I am home. You're right. home. This is for yeah. you, Pokey. There you go, a little Pokey. little more Don Julio. I'll take a Hold sip on. of my Lafroig here. You, you talk about uh, Pokey here while I do my pouring. You know what's cool is that that's you know the, the game. You, you know what's really cool is that the, this bottle, Jeff, only cost me about 18 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> it's last to be a year you uh, that's good stuff i'm gonna tell you this as ira does a shot of don julio yeah. uh and oh, then it we smells. call it and we call mm. it a night um mm. and we'll go watch football uh good for pokey there it is oh so boy silky <laughs> oh god silky silky ira mm. get you some of that chorus light up in you buddy oh boy <laughs> Take take the edge off. Take the edge off, buddy. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so, hey, good for Pokey for a lot of reasons. My man was not talked about hardly at all coming right. into this season because of all the transfers. And all he did was go out there last night and say, no, no, I'm still your guy. I'm still your guy. So good on you, Pokey. Off the cap there. And, um, and not just before- make catches, but – he was interfered oh. on both of them. Like the last one, that catch is ridiculous. I yeah, didn't like in real catch. time from the press box. I knew it was a good catch. When you watch it back, it's like, man, alive. It's a well, really good catch. Before this devolves into something we regret, I want to thank everybody. Uh, there were over a thousand people on here tonight. It means the world that you guys have been this kind of interactive and kind to us. We appreciate it. I mean that sincerely. To all of you that I got to meet in New Orleans and for all of us on the War Chant staff, I want to thank you very, very much. We had a great time, and thanks yeah. for being so supportive, man. This has been a fun switch over here, and you can get warchant.com for a dollar. It's a buck, and you should do it. Thanks um, to uh, thanks to Gene for sending us all out there. Boss yeah. man. The boss yeah. man was supposed to come. He backed out at the last minute, but we had a great time. Uh, you know, Tom and Aslan, and the whole, Corey, the whole crew, some yeah, of our significant others were there. It was a great time, so and and thanks to everybody because we had big news last. Uh, I guess was it Saturday that we announced it that over ten thousand over yeah. ten thousand subscribers on the new website and uh, <laughs> biggest one in the network. So by the way, that's too good. Jeff Cameron's got. <laughs> where did I see? Did I just see that? You got the uh, Bill Cosby the Bill, vibe. Yeah, the Bill Cosby vibe. That is so well done. Oh man, let me see. Can you see me before we sign off? Okay. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh, everybody. 
Here I we just, go. You really need some music in there. A little Marvin Gaye. Okay. All right. Maybe it'll happen. I see, I see, um, what, you, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to Tom Lang. Love you, Ira. Be good, Love everybody. Peace out, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Michael. Tomorrow.